Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will be sharing insights into the world of mental health and wellness as we explore traditional medicine and holistic healing options. It's time to have new conversations about mental health. Join Mara James, the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, as she guides us along this journey. And now, let's talk wellness. Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James, and I want to say thank you for joining us for today's conversation. During Let's Talk Wellness, we focus on healing, understanding, growth, and spirituality. This is part of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the nonprofit Extraordinary Lives Foundation, where we are devoted to supporting mental health, awareness, and wellness, and providing resources for children and their families. As the founder of these organizations, I have the great joy of collaborating with a team of amazing people to help bring healing to children and their families around the world. You could find out all of our show information at elfempowers.org, and you could find the link in the show information. Now, let's talk wellness with today's guest, Warren Geis. Warren is a health and fitness coach for over, for over a decade with quite a few celebrity clients, father of two beautiful children, a beautiful wife, and Warren is so passionate about mental health of children. Welcome, Warren. Hey, Mara. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here. So can you share with our friends watching and listening how you got into this field? For sure, yeah. So really, I've always been into health and fitness ever since I was a young guy. I was just always super passionate about health. I wanted to be in great shape. Obviously, there was a little bit of vanity mixed in there, but really, I was just passionate about what do I need to do to give my body what it really needs? And obviously to feel the best I can feel on this earth and, and to live a really good life. So it started off for me really in the gym, working out, always playing sports, that kind of a thing. But now since I've had kids, my sort of focus has changed a lot from, you know, really just being about me to more so being about, you know, the, the health and the wellness of my children as well. That is beautiful. How old are your children now? Um, so my son is four. Um, his name's Mac, and my daughter Harper. She's just about one and a half right now. So yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's obviously, as you know as well, having multiple kids, it's it takes its toll on you. But yeah, it's it's very very rewarding. Right, and what's beautiful is like now that you have the children, like practicing what you preach. The hard because sometimes it's harder than um. <laughs> oh, so totally right. is. Yeah, it really really isn't. Obviously, the stakes change right when you've got children too. So you realize like. You know, we've got such a precious responsibility bringing these children into the world and and really what a gift it is for us to be able to do it for our children in the right way, in, in the best possible way. So, I mean, that that's kind of how I stumbled upon, you know, this path. And I guess like as you look around the world today, you can see that the statistics are really quite dire, you know, in terms of children's health, autism, learning difficulties. They're all really going through the roof. And there seems to be, you know, a desperate need for people that actually really want to help out. And obviously, well, that's what Hugs for Life is doing, right? With Piggy Bear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you were sharing with me the other day that there are three obstacles to good health. And you had, can you share with us that you had such great information? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, this is my personal belief. I mean, I really align with like some of the great doctors of, of you know, the years gone by, for example, like Hippocrates. He really said it very well. Philippe Pinel, he's another one. They call um, Philippe Pinel the father of psychiatry. In the 1600s, that gentleman, he said that, he said the seat of insanity is within the region of the intestines. So he's basically saying, you know, ultimately this, this approach to health is really a holistic thing, but I would say overall, the most important things for our health and the barriers to our health 
is number one is toxicity. Now, if we're living in this toxic environment today, which we obviously are, there's toxins in our foods, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, pretty much in the air from the car pollution, from the water, it's all around us. Now, if there's this great toxicity around us that we're obviously taking toxins in, it makes sense that we need to then put toxins out, which is detox. So, you know, part one is really the most important thing. And one of the most important things, detox, detoxification is very, very important. The next thing is, is that we're really today, we're so nutritionally uh, deficient because the food actually doesn't have the same nutrients that it used to. There's been this degradation of the soil um, and the soil's lost a lot of the minerals that it used to have. And obviously the processing of the food these days, everything's got a lot more sugar. I mean, if you look at the statistics from like the 1950s to now, how much sugar we consume, it's obviously going up and up and up. And obviously that lends itself to a, you know, to a vast sort of, you know, array of different problems that aren't good. And then the third thing, and probably I think one of the most poignant things is really stress. Stress is such an awful problem for, for everyone. And it, no one's you know, able to be uh, you know, unaffected by it today because, you know, again, this is a big problem that we have. I mean, you can look at JAMA studies and things like that for young kids today. You know, they, they can't get away from the stress because the stress is going with them with their smart devices. So mm -hmm. it's terrible. And, and when you think about the way that our body is and everything in this dimension is, it's based in a duality. That means, you know, night and day, good, then bad, positive, negative, acid, alkaline. These dualities are found inside of our body in terms of our autonomic nervous system. Now, the ANS is divided into two divisions. You've got what's called the sympathetic, which is fight or flight, and you've got the parasympathetic, which is known as rest and digest. Both are very important, right? You've got to have both of them going through cycles kind of tied into your, what's called your circadian rhythm. Now, there's a time when you should have that fight or flight stress response, but there's a time when you should be rest and digest. The problem is, is that today people are very, very chronically stressed. And this lends itself again to lots of diseases and then people having obviously a lot of problems, emotional breakdowns, problems with relational things, work issues. And that, you know, is obviously, you know, terribly troublesome for children and adults too. Wow. Okay. So three obstacles. So the first one, toxicity and detox. Yep. So when you're talking detox, are you talking children or really for adults? I'm talking everybody, actually. It's a good question. So really children need to be thinking about, I mean, it's not what something the child would think about, but it's something that an adult should be thinking about really to help their child. Now, how do we, how do we detox? This is, this is a really interesting question because it's actually not that difficult really, to be honest with you. Now, Modern day dietitians would tell us that we should eat four to five small meals a day. The point of that is to prop up our blood sugars with our food. But in reality, that's far from the truth. Now, if you think about our ancestors and how they've evolved in terms of where we've come from, now we weren't guaranteed to eat four to five small meals a day. We might not even be guaranteed to eat a meal for four or five days. So we didn't have an Albertsons and a Whole Foods and a, you know, Coles and a Sainsbury's and a Tesco's on the side. So Previously, you know, our body would go through cycles of periodically not eating. You could call it intermittent fasting. So and it wasn't out of choice. It was out of necessity. It was just you didn't have food. But the great thing about when you do that is when you actually fast is your body goes through a cycle of cleaning up the house. When there's no calories coming in, the body is forced to basically look for calories within. And our cells are made up of what, you know, my company is about is all about amino acids. Now, these amino acids are what, what make up the cells. 
And the body constantly needs these amino acids to basically reshuffle and basically redesignate into the body to make neurotransmitters, brain chemicals, to run all the different metabolic processes. Well, if there's no currency coming into the body, then the body has to go looking for them. So it sends out these, these cells called killer T cells or macrophages. And they go around looking for these damaged cells that have amino acids inside. They terminate the damaged cell and they recirculate the amino acids inside so it can be used for purposes of building and helping to grow and clean up the house. So it's really important to go through these periods of periodically not eating much food. Now, what would that look like? This is why I say to my wife with our children, we don't give our kids tons of snacks. We let them, their body goes through, they get hungry, let their appetite basically rise. They're not constantly eating and then they eat another meal again. That gives the body a chance to basically do a bit of a detox. Do children get cranky when they get hungry? You know, obviously the thing is, uh, these kids, they don't really, they, they're just so active. You know, they just want to run around and play. So because of that, I don't think they necessarily notice very much. They're not really having any issues. So they're not really sitting around watching TV much. We don't have any, yeah, we don't do any TV time and that kind of stuff at this house. We, we really try and minimize as much as we can, all those kinds of things. And if we do put the TV on, it's going to be something like, you know, uh, David Attenborough or some kind of like real TV show. We do like Clarkson's Farm. Jeremy Clarkson is a TV show and it's, it's a farm kind of life and it's kind of nice. And that's the only kind of stuff that we really watch and we limit that a lot. Right. So interesting. So when we're hungry, that's when our body start, starts to detox. Yeah, but pretty much, yeah, because ultimately the thing is, is that every time your body's eating, your body's going through a process of digestion. So whenever you eat food, it's such a complex like process, but essentially the first thing to happen is you've got a, an enzyme in the mouth called salivary amylase. Amylase mixes with the food and starts to break it down. Then you have the mechanical action of chewing the food, so you've got that mastication going on. And then you've got a mechanical action in the gut going on, and you've got chemical actions going on. You get pepsin and HCL, mixes with the food to break it all down. And whatever you eat, for example, the whole source of the food, let's say, for example, it was fat would be the generic term, or it would be protein. Well, fat isn't technically fat. It's made up of different triglycerides. So you have different components of fat. And for example, protein isn't strictly protein. Protein really is made up of amino acids. And but for your body to be able to use that, it has to break it down more and more and more. And that means that your body's now not worried about detoxification. It's really worried about digestion. So the body's going through this digestive process instead. So that really slows it down. There are obviously things that you can take naturally to just really try and um, encourage detoxification. And there are things that you can do just when you exercise is going to be really good. No, for example, when you sweat, you sweat not just on your external skin, you actually sweat on your insides as well, which is your small intestine lining. Now, our small intestine lining, if you unraveled it, it would be the size of two tennis courts. It's vast. Now, it's crazy. Now, the thing is, when you sweat, when you go into a, for example, when you're sick and you, you don't eat any food for a while, you will basically go into a state of what's called lipolysis. You'll start to break down fat for fuel because your body then is not having any calories coming in. So this is what I explained to all my clients throughout the years. What is our body's long-term energy storage solution? Do you know what that is, Mara? It's fats, right? It's amazing. The body stores fat for a reason. It keep, it's there to keep us alive, basically. So anytime that there's a shortage of food, the body will start to break down adipose tissue. And that way we can have we can utilize some calories. Now, the thing is with that is essentially um, the, the body will basically break down the fats. And in that fat is all the toxins. So the toxic load comes in and that's where people, for example, when they fast, they get a really bad headache. Why is it they get a headache? Because the body starts to detox 
and the body's starting to basically have these these toxins running through the blood and it causes us to have a headache so when we sweat a good way to sweat and to, and to utilize that maximally is we need this there's, there's a few phases to detoxification but essentially what we really need to do is we need to bind up the water soluble toxins we need to basically have them captured in some sort of a mechanism and then we need to excrete them out of the cell by defecation or through sweating basically so a lot of the time the way that we can do that is we need to have some kind of a fiber in us in our gut and when we sweat, it can mop up the nutrients and mop up the, the basically the toxins, and then we can defecate them out. So something like psyllium fiber would be good, or something like activated charcoal. That's another really good one to do it. Is benafiber? Did you ever hear of that one? Yeah, it's something like that. Yes, it works in the same way for sure. Yeah, and that's going to basically help in your basically capture all those toxins in your small intestine lining, and then but you really to elicit that response in the best kind of way, you need to get your body sweating. So how do we get your body sweating? You know, it got you got to get your body moving. You know, you got to do some form of exercise. So the many women like myself want to know when we're in menopause and we sweat, does that help detox or does that? Well, I mean, any benefits of that? Yeah, you, I mean, you, your body's doing something metabolically, isn't it? You know, your body's going through some kind of a transitional change. And I think you're, when you're going through menopause, your hormones are slightly out of whack. And I think, you know, ultimately, if you're sweating and your body's, your body's burning at a high calorie rate, you're then going to be, you know, producing some of those benefits for sure, I would say oh, so. Interesting. I know I was talking to my um, chiropractor and he wanted me to do a cleanse and it's a 21 day cleanse. And he says at some point you develop like flu-like symptoms, I guess, from the detox. Right 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 so, totally yeah so yep. it's, it blows my mind so are, are am i hearing you correctly toxins are are they only stored in the fat cells well ultimately the thing is is that when so for example there's two different types of like main nutrients right so you've got what's called water soluble vitamins and you've got fat soluble vitamins now water soluble vitamins they need to be consumed regularly for example like you know vitamin c it has a very short half-life and it, it you get it through food so it's perishable and it won't be stored but for example, when it comes to, you know, say, for example, vitamin D or vitamin E, these kinds are all fat soluble. So they get stored in our adipose tissue and our fat cells. So they can be used for long periods of time and can be released a lot for, you know, longer and longer. Now, the toxins will be stored all throughout the body's tissues. Fat cells, they'll be definitely stored in there and the liver, they'll be stored in there as well. Ultimately, our goal is for someone that wants to detox is to try and, you know, in, in a kind of subtle way and not too much of a harsh way is to bring them out as best way we can without causing too much of a dramatic push straight away. Because when you do, you get a really harsh reaction. And that's another thing too. So, I mean, part of the detoxification is to do with, you know, for example, like everyone's talking about these days, like, you know, probiotics and gut flora and that. And, and it's very true. It really is. I mean, bad bacteria is a big, big problem, especially in populations that have depression especially in populations that have learning difficulties. And as I said, when I first mentioned, Philippe Pennell, the father of psychiatry, they said, um, the seat of insanity is within the region of the intestines. He said this in the 1600s. So he was saying the reason why people are crazy is because of the intestine region for some reason. Now we know science is saying that these bacteria are living inside our gut and we get what's called gut dysbiosis. Now gut dysbiosis is, is essentially having the wrong ratio of good to bad bacteria. You know, they say that we're less human than we think that we are. There's 10, we're outnumbered in terms of our cells. For every one cell of ours, they said there are 10 other cells, which is pretty interesting. So 10 other cells coming from like bacteria, mold, fungus, that live inside of our intestines and things like that. 
But these bacteria, it's like a secondhand exchange, how they eat the food and we eat the, they, we basically are partaking, it's a symbiotic colony, essentially. Problem is, is when you've got the wrong types of bacteria, they crave the wrong types of foods. And it's typically sugary, carbohydrate rich foods. And that's where you get a lot of problem today in these children that have ADD, ADHD, and those kinds of things. And that's why, you know, we have to also figure out how we can detox those kinds of things out. And, and this is probably from my research and, you know, my understanding in terms of actually my clinical experience with my actual own clients. It's been the most profound thing for my, for he, like actually helping to heal them. I'll, I'll give you a good example. So my wife's grandfather, he's uh, a gentleman, in his, he's called Leroy, he's in his 80s, 85 years old. He's had, he's seen a GI doctor his whole life and he's had really bad uh, gut issues his whole life. You know, celiac, gluten intolerant, all this kind of stuff. And he's on medication. I saw him two years ago on, on a little road trip we did through California, uh, through Colorado. And he said, oh, could you help me out on my stomach? And I was like, oh, well, I don't know. Like you've been seeing a GI doctor for all these years. And I made a few different requests. I said, well, just try and remove a couple of these things. And I said, and try adding in some fermented dairy. Two weeks later, after we left, I got a phone call and he says, this is the best my stomach has ever been. Thank you so much. And that was, you see, and this is where it comes about, back to Hippocrates' words. He said, let food be thy medicine and let medicine be thy food. It really is. It, it can be simple. What happens when you've got this bad bacteria, you've got an inflamed gut lining, things hurt your stomach. But what soothes the gut lining? We kind of have to look at it like, like that. It's, it's the body is like, you know, it's a comp, we're a composite being and we have to balance the different, it's what, what uh, Hippocrates calls it, the four humors. So for example, if you're very like mucusy, you would need something that's the anti or the opposite of mucus. If you were very, very hot, you'd need something that was more balanced to cold. So it's always trying to bring the body into harmony, into balance. And, and you just have to look at the symptoms to be able to understand what that is that you need to really do. Wow. So with children, with young children, let's say, because mm -hmm. I know we had somebody recently do an intake um, with our Hugs for Life Healing Center, and the child was um, you know, under five and kind of misbehaving in school. And they were told by the intake coordinator that they are gluten intolerant and they should be gluten-free and dairy-free, which mm -hmm. obviously is not easy to do for a child, for a parent to do it for the child, right? Um, right. It's a lot of work on the parents' part and how to, you know, but um, do you think like that that is causing the child's behavior or is the child's behavior causing them to crave sweets or how does that work? Uh, you know, it's a great question. I think it's a combination of both. So unfortunately, the way that it works is that when you, for example, would have gluten and you have a child that continually has gluten, that gluten, it, it basically makes them, it feeds all of that bad bacteria that's in, inside their gut. Now, the more that that is because it's based on like yeast, they like they crave the sugars and the carbs. Now, the more that they have that, these children will have what's basically called like a, they'll go hypoglycemic. So as their blood sugar spikes, it will crash really dramatically. And the problem is, is that they get more of these bad bacteria craving more of those types of foods. So their their brain chemistry at that point is going to be harder for them to regulate because they're literally under the sort of influence of their because their, they call the gut the second brain. Right. So ultimately the thing is is that these these things inside us create are craving these types of foods and that's meaning that these children are gravitating towards certain things and it's disrupting the balance of their brain chemistry so th this would be an interesting thing to talk about so to understand how this all kind of works it's like this so amino acids are really the the, the sort of pinnacle and the, the most paramount important thing in terms of our overall health 
Now, you can't necessarily say one thing is the most important, but I can say that there's 20 amino acids that are found in the genetic code and uh, DNA, the structure of all living things. All living organisms have these 20 different amino acids. Now, there is there are nine amino acids that are considered to be essential amino acids, meaning that they have to be consumed. Out of those, outside of those nine, there are another 11 that are considered to be non-essential. So if you have the nine, you can make the 11. Now, out of those nine and the 11 altogether, 20, it basically regulates everything that goes on inside of our body. So, for example, like one um, amino acid will have a sort of, you know, an effect on. So, for example, tryptophan produces what's called serotonin. Now, everyone's familiar with serotonin. It's known as, you know, the happy hormone or, you know, the feel good one. Same with dopamine, right? You get that endorphin rush. And when you, for example, do some exercise, you get this boost of endorphin and it's called endogenous morphine. That's where they got it from. It's literally you feel a euphoria like that. Now, all of those different neurotransmitters are made from amino acids. So what's really interesting is that those amino acids are what's driving our, our brain chemistry. And if a child's eating lots of bread and eating lots of sugary foods and lots of carbohydrates, needless to say, they can't produce the neurotransmitters they need to be balanced and to be focused and to behave really well. And, you know, it is very hard in this day and age, you know, mothers are really pressed for time, you know, you know, it's really hard to live in California and be able to pay the bills and to get by and, and mums are burned out. So mums are gonna find the quickest, easiest way just to make the kids be quiet. I can relate to that too. And sometimes it means TV, sometimes it means the iPad, the screens, but all of those problems. I mean, if you look at the JAMA study that just came out recently, it was the more screen time that a child had from one to seven, it, the more delayed they were in sort of motor unit, motor skills and also um, communication skills and different learning things as well. Wow. And I know um, you're going to share with our audience. We're going to take a brief break and we'll be right back. And I can't wait to share because I know that you came up with a solution to every question the parents are asking, like, tell us more about these aminos and how do I get them into my kids? So if everybody could hold on, we'll be right back. In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. Through prevention, early intervention, and holistic treatment, we believe many of the big problems facing today's youth can be transformed within a generation. Extraordinary Lives Foundation is excited to offer the Hugs for Life Healing Center, growing a worldwide network of approved holistic healers and bridging the gap between traditional and complementary healing options. Visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast. And if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now, back to the show. Welcome back. 
back to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James, and today we're speaking with Warren Geis. Welcome back, Warren. Thanks for having me again. Um, this has been such a juicy conversation. So as a parent, um, well, my kids are a little older, but also for myself, I have so many questions regarding these aminos and how do we ensure that we, and of course our children, because a lot of times we take care of our children better than we do for ourselves. How do we ensure that they're getting those nine required that can make the additional 11? Um, what is your solution to that? That's a great question. So first of all, yeah, uh, my business partner and I, we founded a company called Awesome Aminos. And, you know, originally this business started out as Awesome Aminos for happy moods or Awesome Aminos for awesome moods. Because, you know, again, we can see that the, the state today of the children is really not optimal. And we really wanted to do our bit to sort of bring that back. And, and how this company actually really came to be is one of my clients is a very, uh, very, very wealthy, successful businessman. Um, really great guy. He's just a time poor guy though, you know, and his wife's time poor as well. And then they've got three children and the three children they have have struggled in that kind of respect as well. And one of them in particular had really bad ADD and ADHD and, and you know, he couldn't concentrate for, you know, more than a few minutes about certain things. And and he was really sucked into his phone. And, and his dad said to me, Warren, please help him, please help him. And I thought to myself, I know what he needs. He's got really bad um, ADD, so he's lacking dopamine. So what makes dopamine is the neurotransmitter, it was dopamine, what makes it is the amino acid, phenylalanine and tyrosine. So he really needs amino acids. Now this kid's diet, he only wants to eat sugar. He only wants to eat candy. So I was like, how can I help this kid? He loves to eat candy, but he needs amino acids. So that was really where I had the sort of aha light bulb moment. And I decided what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put amino acids into candy. And quite honestly, there's been no other company in the world that have done what we're trying to do right now. And it's we've had a lot of issues with it because it's very challenging to get the amino acids into candy and to actually make this thing work. And what we've done is we've come along with the idea of we want to give children all nine essential amino acids in a tasty, non-GMO, 100% organic, you know, essentially like a candy that's a healthy candy that can actually help them produce the brain chemistry that they really need to be healthy. Wow. How old was the um, that child? He's like 15 years old. So yeah, oh, wow. he's like a teenager, you know, and, and he he's like totally a nice guy, but he's just completely like, you know, tapped out when it comes to his brain chemistry. He can't focus, can't concentrate. And and I saw that and I see that his school grades are really suffering, his performance at school, he's flunking every single class because he literally has no concentration. So it just got me thinking, there's so many children like this today. And, you, you know, you, all you have to do is just have a you know look around and have a quick search. And you can see that this is like a really a very huge problem. You know, the NCLD is the National Centers for uh, Learning Difficulties. They're saying that one in five children in the U.S. now have a severe learning difficulty, which is like ADD, ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia. So ultimately, yeah, we came up with the concept of, you know, giving these children actually what they really need in a form that they will really actually like. Now, the problem is most of the time when you look at these children that have, or even adults, for example, when adults have depression, you know, again, it's like Hippocrates said that, you know, disease begins in the gut, Philippe Pinel said the seat of insanity is in the gut. It's really because when people have depression or, or some kind of, it's not always related, don't get me wrong, but a lot of the time it's because of our gut cravings. Now, what it is, is like this. So we eat the food, the bacteria then eat what we're eating and they produce toxins. Now those toxins all intermingle with each other and then they break the blood brain barrier and go into our brain. And that's what's causing these kind of fogs and all these kinds of moods. So to, to sort, sort out this problem and alleviate this, 
it's really like it needs to be a systematic approach to like how you go about doing this. It's like you need to fig like figure out the detox piece. You know, you need to figure out the, the bacteria in the gut issue. You need to replenish the nutrients and you need to make sure that you can somehow mitigate a lot of the stress that's there. And overall, you can see that people that have these problems, very fussy eaters. I've got a few friends down the street that have got young girls and both of the young girls, they're very, very fussy eaters. They've got, both got anxiety and depression. They both got dietary issues. Like I think one of them is like lactose intolerant. The other one's gluten intolerant. Because of all these different intolerances, they're lacking uh, nutrients that they need to, to create these uh, brain chemicals again. And that's why, again, it's like, okay, well, if these people, these populations can't have this, you know, these nutrients in the way that they normally would, because a lot of kids don't want to eat protein. So let's put protein, these amino acids into candy. I love it. And yeah. just the amount of aminos, uh, is it different for different ages or different weights? Yeah, it actually is. Yes, it is. And that's the thing too. So the research really shows that actually when you're older, you need more. So like when I'm talking about older populations in like your sixties and seventies, because the, so here's the thing. So carbohydrates, our body has a reserve tank. It's our muscles and it's our liver. We have a storage form. It's called glycogen. Now, Fat, we obviously have a storage reserve. It's our fat cells and we store it liberally over our bodies. Wherever we we have excess, we store it. Now, amino acids, there is no real storage form. So we continually need to, you know, be replenishing the amino acids, which has to come in through typically what we would eat. Now, if someone is a, you know, a normal eater and they're eating, say, for example, wild fish or grass fed beef, you know, or even drinking, you know, for example, grass fed organic dairy, they shouldn't have any issues with, you know, having the amino acids that they really need. However, most people aren't eating those kinds of nutrient dense foods and also in the frequency that they should. Yeah. And what happens um, for a vegetarian or, or a vegan? Right. So that that's an interesting question. And I've spent a long time thinking about this. I mean, there are a lot of rabbis that have, you know, uh, withheld to what's in the, in, for example, in the Torah, where the Torah says, you know, for example, I give you the fruits of the trees and the seeds for you, that shall be your food. So, you know, the original man is according, you know, according to the Bible is should be a vegetarian man. And there are lots of people in the Indian nation as well. I mean, most of India is vegetarian, quite honestly. And the Indian people have no real issue with these kinds of things. But the reason why is, is because they're drinking dairy. And if you if you drink dairy, it has amino acids. You see, that's to them in, in India, the cow is sacred. And that's because for them, it gives them milk and milk to them is life. Right. And you can see that it is for for us. We're all mammals. So that there's this big hate campaign about dairy and how dairy is so bad. But this is what I explained to you know everybody. It's not the, the cow. It's really how, you know, ultimately, it's like if you produce if you have a sick cow, how could you expect that cow to produce healthy milk? It's not about the actual milk. It's, it's not about the actual milk itself. It's about the, the way the cow has been treated. I mean, anyone that's, you know, for example, a human being, we have the lactation pathway. All mammals have the, the pathway of what's called lactation, which is producing milk. Whether you're a bear, whether you're a cow, whether you're a, a dog, whether you're a cat, whether you're even a whale, we all have been nursed from milk. So there's no issue with milk. It's the, it's the production of that, basically. But I would say in, in, in uh, veganism, there is a problem. There is a problem with that for the reason that you may lack the, the essential amino acids that you need, because when you eat protein in terms of animal sources like milk, cheese, dairy, and also, for example, if you ate like a piece of wild salmon, you would get all of the essential amino acids in there. Whereas if you eat fruits and vegetables, they don't typically have them. You have to they only have certain ones that you would have to combine. And this could be a real problem. What about tofu? 
Tofu, yeah, tofu is a, it's a protein. Yeah, it's a complete protein. It's got actually a lot of the essential amino acids. Okay. Tofu is a good choice as long as you choose it very carefully because, you know, and this is what we've spoken about before in different conversations, genetically modified foods are a real problem for the body because the body, we've spoken about it before, that ultimately the body's evolved under a time frame and over certain, you know, thousands and thousands of years. If it hasn't basically been evolved with it, like naturally, it won't understand how to use it. And of course, when it's been genetically modified, it's been modified in a lab. So when the when it has it in the body, the body doesn't understand how to break it down the same way and it can cause its own kind of problems. So, you know, looking for tofu, you know, you have to look for any soy products, non-GMO. If they're organic, does that mean they're non-GMO? They are supposed to be, but I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be 100% certain on that just to be on the safe side. I would really do my due diligence and look for something that was really good. Right. Um, I love that idea of um, some aminos for the children. So what are there? Are you thinking about any other products for um, people like us? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we, we've got so far, we, we've got, uh, you know, four or five different product SKUs that we're looking at. We're going to have one called Awesome Every Day. And it's going to be essentially like, you know, an, a, an all day sort of an everyday multivitamin, but it's just not because the thing with it is, is you see a lot of these companies today that everyone's really talking about the power of multivitamins or vitamins, vitamins. And we've forgotten that essentially amino acids are really the building blocks of life. It's literally what makes up the integrity of every cell of our body. So, and a lot, as I said, we're missing out on those. So we're going to have an awesome every day for adults. We're going to have an awesome memory. We're going to have an awesome sleep. We're going to have an awesome focus. We've got a few different ones in the works, which is going to be really great. That's beautiful. And will there be any for diabetics, like, you know, for someone that's sugar sensitive? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So all of our um, products are going to be very low sugar and they'll be good. You know, they'll actually be keto friendly the way that we're formulating them. We're working with a doctor um, he's a scientist, food scientist, and he's working with us on all the formulations and making sure that we get everything in there exactly how it needs to be, the highest possible standards, you know, and, you know, total integrity of ingredients where we source them from. And yeah, and they'll be definitely safe for diabetics. Beautiful. So for some of us that prefer not to have chewy candies, will you uh, offer them in a different format? Uh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So that that's the thing. So we're going to have pill forms. We're going to have powder forms. We're going to have capsules. We have liquid drinks, for example, like liquids, which is going to be really good. Um, and then we're going to have almost like a like a water sort of can that will be just in like a water and it will just be full of amino acids. Oh, wow. And it will be tasty. Be very tasty. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it has to be tasty. Otherwise, yeah, it's no good. exactly. It doesn't matter. No one will drink or eat it. And yeah. does it matter if you have an amino acid on an empty stomach, a full stomach and then time of day and the quantity, the times of day? You know, that, that's the best thing about this, right? So our neurotransmitters, our brain chemicals are made from amino acids. So it's literally optimal for you to have it really whatever point of the day. It's, it's comparable because here's the thing. So, and this is the thing, you cannot overdose on amino acids, which is like, you know, there's no side effects to having amino acids, not like some of the other drugs that are out there. There's a lot of side effects that come with them. But, you know, again, it's like, if you, for example, look at our ancestors, when our ancestors would have had a kill and they would have had an animal, they wouldn't just eat like, you know, a five ounce portion. They would have eaten as much as they possibly could in one sitting. And what is that made up of? It's made up of amino acids. So you can really have thousands and thousands of, of grams of amino acids and the body will do what it needs with them. And what it can't use, it will usually just excrete them out through urine. So there's no sort of like overdosing on amino acids and there's no there's no time that you couldn't have it or shouldn't have it because... If you have amino acids in the evening, your body will use that for getting you to be relaxed. 
For example, there's a pathway called GABA, and basically GABA is what makes you feel calm and relaxed as another neurotransmitter. Serotonin is the precursor to what's called melatonin. Melatonin, we know, is what makes us go to sleep. To make serotonin, again, you need the amino acid L-tryptophan, but you need other ones as well. So there's no real you know, negative time that you could have it. That is amazing. And can you share with our audience uh, some books that you offering? Yeah, abso- absolutely. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite books um, of all time. And actually, this one's called The Gut and Psychology Syndrome by an author called Natasha McBride. She's a wonderful doctor. That's uh, She's actually Russian, I believe. And she, she practices in London. And her whole practice is based around kids with ADD, ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, and autism. And she really goes deep on the science of why her whole practice is based on really kids with, with learning difficulties and, and you know autism. And she t- talks you through the whole process of how it's really in the gut and how if you heal the gut and you give them the raw materials that they need, they can come back to being you know good again and their, their quality of life can drastically improve. And another one, which is a really fantastic book, which I read a few years ago, this one here is called The Mood Cure. And uh, Julia Ross is the author of this book. She's a clinical psychiatrist from San Francisco. And she's been in practice for, you know, over 25 years, 30 years, probably. And what she said is so profound. She said, whether you go and see, you know, you go and see a spiritual healer, you go and see a counselor, you see a therapist. She said, whoever you go and see with whatever your problem is regarding, like, for example, mental health, whether you're depressed, whether you've got, you know, dyslexia, bipolar, anything like that. She goes, you'll never be able to solve the problem until you get to the root cause of why. And she says, and that is that you have a nutrient deficiency. You're lacking amino acids. Yeah, she says you're lacking amino acids because the brain chemicals are made from amino acids. So ultimately, you've got to get to the root cause, right? And and that's what the root cause is. The body can't make it if it's not ingesting it. Wow. She also says as well, the vegans are the most, uh, the people that she sees with the most uh, depression, the, the, the vegan population. Wow, because they're getting the fewer fewest aminos. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Oh, interesting. Wow, yeah. that gut yeah. uh, brain connection is so profound. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Wow. Um, is there anything else um, you'd like to share with our friends? Um, not too much. I mean, I just think it's you know it's a very profound time that we're living in, and it's just I think all of us have to really you know do the best we can to you know, take care of the world, take care of our children and try and be as conscious as we possibly can, bring consciousness into everything that we do and try and, you know, strive to to be better and better. And I think that's kind of the key thing for me is like always try and keep learning, try and keep discovering, strive and keep seeking. And and I think in, in all those things that we do, it bears more fruits in our lives. Amen. I love that. Um, and what's the best way for people to get in touch with you or to find out about your awesome aminos when they're coming, when they come out? Yeah, so that's going to be good. You could you could either um, find me through Instagram, through my Distilled Health channel, or you could probably find me on my website, which is uh, www.awesomeaminos.com. Beautiful. And we will share that information. Um, we'll share Same those way. links in the show information. And Warren and all of our friends listening and watching, I want to say that you are amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Mara. You're amazing, darling. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for what you do. for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. 
If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.